Welcome to Ahead of the Game, a podcast brought to you by KMT Partners. I'm Andrew Montessi. We're continuing our theme of entrepreneurship education with Professor Noel Lindsay. Professor Lindsay heads up entrepreneurship at the University of Adelaide, is Pro Vice Chancellor of Entrepreneurship, Director of the Entrepreneurship Commercialisation and Innovation Centre, and Academic Director of the University's Singapore Operations. Despite his qualifications and achievements, Professor Lindsay initially dropped out of school to pursue business, which would provide a hands-on foundation for his academic work later in life. We talk about his story as well as the role of universities in entrepreneurship, global entrepreneurship trends, creating ecosystems, the global export of his e-challenge program and Think Lab Incubator, and much more. This podcast is brought to you by KMT Partners. KMT is a leading accounting and wealth management advisory firm in South Australia, assisting you to emerge, renew, grow and build resilience in business, themes which are central to this podcast series. For more information, visit kmtpartners.com.au. Enjoy our interview with Professor Noel Lindsay. Professor Noel Lindsay, welcome to the podcast. Great, thanks. Good to be here. First question off the top, what role do universities now play with entrepreneurship? Um, Well, um, I think universities uh, have become... Uh, recognised as uh, as an important part of the community, and they always have been, mind you, but um, they're there to serve the community uh, there. And uh, from that perspective, um, th- uh, they're there to meet the community's needs uh, and to um, work with the community in any way that they can. And so entrepreneurship um, is, uh, is an important part uh, in working with communities, engaging with communities, engaging with industry, uh, all very, very important. And uh, indeed, uh, from 2018 in Australia, um, universities need to demonstrate that they're having some sort of impact uh, in the communities that they uh, operate in. And uh, some funding will be attached to that as well. Mm. Obviously, entrepreneurship is um, disruptive in its nature. Has entrepreneurship affected universities in the same way in terms of um, the approach and the style and and the way um, particularly fundamentals around business are taught? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a couple of things there. Uh, I think um, entrepreneurship has um, uh, developed uh, in the communities, people, governments, um, industry have become more and more um, aware and appreciative that entrepreneurship is not just about startups, starting up businesses, uh, that entrepreneurship is just as relevant to bigger bigger businesses, it's relevant to governments, it's relevant not only in a business point of view, it's relevant from a social point of view uh, and helping and social entrepreneurship is, uh, is, is a very, very uh, big area there. So um, from universities embracing uh, entrepreneurship, these sorts of factors have been going on in the marketplace and, and uh, entrepreneurship has uh, got a relatively high profile uh, now throughout the world, uh, people recognising just how important uh, it is. And so universities are, um, are embracing entrepreneurship. Um, in Australia, um, well, at this university, we, uh, we're the first university in Australia. University of Adelaide is the first university in Australia to be accredited as an entrepreneurial university. And uh, it got dual accreditation, also accredited as an engagement 
middle-aged university uh, there. And I think uh, my position uh, as Pro Vice-Chancellor Entrepreneurship, um, the uh, it's uh, I don't think there's, there's any other Pro Vice-Chancellor Entrepreneurship in Australia, but that's uh, just um, this university has embraced entrepreneurship very, very strongly. Uh, we have a, um, a very comprehensive strategic plan, uh, Entrepreneurship Adelaide, which outlines our strategies for developing entrepreneurship in this university and in the communities that we touch. But um, and so while University of Adelaide has a strong commitment to entrepreneurship, you can see it happening in, and, uh, in other universities, not just only in Australia, but uh, in globally and other universities as well. As, as a friend of mine said, um, you know, entrepreneurship, you know, uh, you know uh, flash in the pan, but 20 years in the making sort of yeah. thing there. It's been developing for a long time and I think it's now uh, people have become fully appreciative of, um, uh, of its importance there. Yeah. Absolutely. So in terms of, of your own team, and without asking you to, um, you know, reveal the entire strategy in detail, but mm. what are some of the key goals that, that you and your entrepreneurship team at the University of Adelaide are, are looking to achieve? Sure. Um, overarching uh, our, uh, what the university wants to achieve in the entrepreneurship space, there's um, uh, two things that are really important to us that are reflected in our mission and vision, uh, and that is about generating social and economic benefits uh, in the communities that we operate and, and, and that we touch uh, there. And so um, using entrepreneurship to improve um, uh, um, social, the social systems there, but also the economic benefits uh, there as well. So um, uh, not only locally here, University of Adelaide, we have both a, a local, um, uh, national uh, and international aspects to our entrepreneurship strategies. So we have, um, and that comes by way of both the software, uh, the software being our education, uh, entrepreneur education and mentoring programs, as well as the, the hardware, which is our physical um, incubation uh, and innovation hub facilities, both in Adelaide and, and elsewhere uh, there. So um, we... we um, uh, at University of Adelaide, at least, uh, we have um, a, an integrated approach. I like to think of uh, an holistic approach to entrepreneurship uh, at this university. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, in terms of the themes around entrepreneurship, um, we spoke to Professor Frederick Crop just before, and just talking about perhaps some of the misconceptions around the word, um, the perception of the dropout and, um, you know, just start and um, embracing failure and all that sort of stuff. Does it, whether it's perception or not, are there tensions that exist with what people perceive entrepreneurship to be and the role of universities in that? Yeah, I mean, I think... Um Going back maybe uh, 10, 15, 20 years ago, um, people would uh, look to set up a business to become a, an entrepreneur um, if they couldn't get a job. Uh, <laughs> and uh, now, though, it is, uh, it is a real career option. Um, so uh, I have a 15-year-old daughter. Um, she's, uh, she's very bright uh, at high school at the moment. 
She wants to. She wants to uh, have her own business. Uh, that's her aspiration. And, but she'll study at the university. Mm. She'll she'll study commerce uh, and law. Uh, but it's not to necessarily to become an employee. Uh, mm. she, uh, she has a passion, a vision for uh, her her venture, and uh, so her university education will become a um, um, you know a, a, a just a means to an end. But and this is. Uh, with universities, the role that they play, uh, because it's regardless of whether you want to become an entrepreneur or an intrapreneur, uh, be entrepreneurial because larger corporations value uh, entrepreneurial employees. The the sorts of education experience universities give um, is is changing. Uh, we have to make sure that um, the experience, the um, the uh, what our students walk out the door with at the end of the day, uh, is enough to make it flex, uh, give them flexibility. So you may start out and you want to be an engineer or an accountant uh, or a lawyer or whatever it is. And um, but those fields are changing, of, uh, and and so you need to be able to make sure that while the technical skills are important, you need to make sure they've got these other um, softer skills, uh, being able to think in an entrepreneurial way, understanding how to be innovative and in what you do, how to solve problems, um, design thinking, creativity, all those sorts of things. Things need to be embedded, I believe, and, and I think just not me, uh, educators around the world uh, are important uh, to equip graduates uh, f- for the future. But core to this, I think, is having uh, an entrepreneurial uh, attitude uh, to things, whether you want to set up your own business or whether you want to work for somebody mm-hmm. else. And universities um, are key, are key t- uh, to delivering this. Yeah. Reflecting on your own journey, um, I read that uh, you you dropped out of high school at one point. Um, yeah. Do you, I, does it seem interesting or I guess the fact that you're now in this position kind of leading the charge of education when um, yeah, it could have been quite different? Yeah, I dropped out of high school uh, in year eleven to set up my first mm. business, and um, the uh, that that was uh, that became a roaring success, uh, and then um, it went broke uh, because uh, while the the quality of the opportunity was excellent, um, my experience at uh, knowing how to run a business properly was <laughs> was lacking, mm. and so um, so the business fell over. But it was that was the best thing that could have happened mm. uh, to me because. Um, it taught me an important lesson. I had to learn more about businesses, uh, how to run them. So I went back to high school of a night uh, and studied and then went on to university to do a commerce degree and then a PhD in, in commerce and the like and then became uh, a, uh, an insolvency practitioner uh, looking at winding up companies and uh, so get, get, getting a very good understanding of yeah. what made companies go wrong but also then uh, working in the area of actually uh, with some of the banks um, uh, who wanted to try and save their investments and looking to turn uh, those companies around that could be that was salvageable. So that that taught me a lot uh, mm. about business and uh, and so you know the the uh, insolvency part is just the other side of the coin to uh, to, to the uh, starting the business uh, a business and you know um, getting good insight in, into what um, what's got to be there for a business to be successful not guarantee doesn't guarantee it but some key things and it really is really quite simple uh, you know it's it really comes down to uh, from an invest an investor point of view and, and I, I used to be a venture uh, 
involved in the venture capital industry, um, you know, investors look basically at the quality of the opportunity and the quality of the, of the entrepreneurial team uh, mm. behind it there. It's not rocket science, mm. um, but there's a lot more that goes in behind that. But um, And uh, so the with my experience, uh, with my, um, my first business failing, dropping out of school, then going to business failing, uh, getting some insights uh, into what makes businesses tick, and that uh, it, it was a it was useful for me. I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend it to others. People, though, I think uh, it's so competitive now that you need to get a good education. So I'd be recommending mm. uh, uh, all students to see their high school through. But it gives you options and go to university if, if that's what's for you, or go to a polytechnic or do a trade. Uh, I mean, uh, mm. different people have different skill sets there and that. But mm. but the on, having an entrepreneurial attitude, an entrepreneurial approach to life uh, and to business, uh, I think is is really key to, to being successful no matter what you want to do. And so that obviously applies to family businesses as well, which I think it's I think it's an interesting time for family businesses, my, my perception in terms of whether, you know, some feel like they're entrepreneurs, some don't. Uh, how to how do, does a typical um, owner of a family business, you know, a lot of clients of um, KMT, how do they take some of these concepts and apply it into their own um, life in business? Mm. Um, well, family business is the most uh, complex form of business because not only do you have to deal with the business side of things, then you, um, if it's um, if it's a family business, you also have to deal with the, the family dynamics uh, there. And so what may be relevant um, from a decision point of view, from the business point of view, it may be it may grate against what the family really wants to achieve. And um, in in some uh, in some instances, uh, there's been some studies to show that um, um, family uh, family businesses can have um, uh, on the one hand, certainly the ones that have been listed on some major stock exchanges uh, in the world, um, where they've had a, a higher success rate than the non-family businesses, of course, and one of the reasons that's been put up for that is that uh, families uh, sometimes have a, take a longer-term perspective to things, uh, and so they want to be able to pass the baton down to future generations and that. But that doesn't mean uh, that you don't, you shouldn't be entrepreneurial. And in fact, if you're not being entrepreneurial, then um, you've got a greater chance of, of failure. And indeed, many family businesses fail in the first generation. That's what the, the, the research shows. Um, so um, entrepreneurship, thinking in an entrepreneurial way, is is a way of actually uh, sort of future-proofing, future-proofing uh, your business um, there. So you want to have um, a growth curve that's uh, relatively steep rather than one that's relatively shallow and um, a major if I can just finish off with this mm. that often uh, families want to keep the business in the family and uh, when it comes down to resourcing, the family can only provide so much in the way of resourcing. And uh, if if the business is built around, around a very strong uh, opportunity, uh, it may need uh, other injections of cash, uh, higher injections of cash, and the family can't provide that. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, not always, but sometimes family businesses get held back because they want to keep the equity in the family. Mm-hmm. But the business has got greater potential uh, for uh, you know, than, than what it's currently doing there. Mm. So families can be both, uh, having a family business can be both a, a strength and, and a weakness uh, yeah. there, uh, having families members involved. Yeah. L- locally, Cooper's is a really interesting um, 
case study of a family business. Um, I've read into their story a fair bit in terms of some of the things that they did um, with interesting share structures to be able to keep family members yeah. involved, yeah. upskilling family members, sending them out to work for other organisations until they hit a certain age and learn the required skills yeah. before they're allowed back. And it's quite a, it's just a fascinating yeah. space to grow a family business. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's always, I mean, with um, family businesses, particularly as they grow and, and you get into multi-generation, uh, the cousin consortium, as they sometimes refer to it, once you get to third generation uh, there, is that uh, some of the family members don't necessarily want to mm. be in that business. And so they may be looking to get out uh, uh, and if they had the control to sell their equity. Uh, and um, so um, there may be good reasons to try and keep it in the family. Mm. And so there's, um, you know, arrangements uh, often come into play uh, mm. there, particularly as you get into more um, uh, 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 multi-generation uh, mm. family businesses there. Yeah. As someone who travels extensively, I'm interested in um your thoughts and insights around entrepreneurship trends globally, um, some of the driving factors in the growth of entrepreneurship. Um, yeah, I mean, what what's some of the things that you're picking up from around the world? Yeah, I mean, it's not rocket science. I mean, entrepreneurship is growing uh, in, um, and universities have a strong role to play. Uh, there's, there's no doubt, but also other facets uh, of the community like in Adelaide here alone while you know the major the universities here uh, uh, all of them um, have um, uh, an interest and, and a commitment to entrepreneurship I think you've, you've got over 30 uh, incubators and innovation hubs of various degrees just in Adelaide alone and uh, you can multiply that there's, uh, in all the different cities throughout the world there's a proliferation uh, there of the these sorts of things happening. So uh, business incubation has almost become like a business in itself uh, there. And uh, with various um, entities actually, uh, you know, setting up uh, business incubators and in hubs in um, innovation precincts in, in, a, in multiple sites and using that as a way of generating money has become a business mm -hmm. for them. So so entrepreneurship uh, is a trend that's, uh, that's certainly expanding um, uh, there. The uh, social entrepreneurship, I think, um, is uh, strong uh, is is becoming stronger and stronger uh, in the entrepreneurship space. If that's the, they're the right words, but the I think uh, even if you're in in this to make pro in business to make a profit, uh, you certainly have to have a social conscience mm -hmm. and um, the and so uh, e many businesses also have a social um, uh, a, a component of what they do. Uh, has social leanings uh, there uh, as well. So, uh, and of course, you know, technology uh, is, is uh, the use of technology these days for communication and setting up businesses has become far more easier for people to set up a business at low risk uh, and to try things uh, than, um, you know, than say 20 or 30 years ago uh, now. So you have a lot more people having a go now uh, there. But of course that means the market's more crowded there too. So it's harder to stand out in the crowd uh, there. Yeah. What are some of the the cities that have, I guess, great examples of um, ecosystems, you know, with the balance of business, uh, university, culture, entrepreneurship, culture. What are some of the leading cities globally that, that you look at and say they're, they're doing it quite well? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that there are many, and and I'd, um, the risk of uh, naming someone not and missing others, but I mean, so of course, you know, Silicon Valley uh, mm. is there, but you've got places like Berlin uh, mm. there, uh, which is, is 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 fantastic. Helsinki, I mean, um, some places a little, little bit wow. off the beaten track. So Alto University uh, there, and and it's it's become a very strong component of um, the uh, ecosystem mm. there. The entrepreneurial ecosystem there, and, and what it does—it's probably one of the—it's—it's um, um, it's an excellent um, exemplar of, of entrepreneurship uh, in terms of things that they do. In Munich, uh, you know, you've got uh, Tum uh, uh, Technology University of Munich, and and their innovation hub there. Maker Space is incredible uh, there. So focus on both the technological as well as the entrepreneurial innovation uh, side of things. Delft uh, in the Netherlands, Delft University mm. of Technology. Technology. And of course, you know, the, um, the, the, uh, the um, Cambridge and, and, yeah. and Oxford and uh, there's many, pla- many places, Paris, I mean, Singapore, mm-hmm. they've all, there's just a strong focus on entrepreneurship uh, and um, by governments, councils, universities, polytechnics, uh, um, uh, the community generally are there and, and, and throughout the world. So you, it's just uh, it's just inspirational to go mm. to some of these places to see actually what's happening uh, mm. there. Is there, a, a, I guess, a culture of collaboration between these cities? I mean, you obviously travel mm. to, to many of them. Mm. Is it, is it this, this attitude of shared learning? There, yeah, I think shared learning, um, uh, there is in some instances. So... Um, so, for instance, in uh, we we have our Think Lab Innovation Hub, which comprises a uh, in Adelaide here. This is our headquarters. Uh, it comprises a business incubator, uh, a makerspace, um, mentoring. Uh, programs, educational programs, and the like, and we have nodes on the other, uh, on our other campuses now. Um, but we also have a, a physical presence in the Champagne region uh, in France. So, a town of Chalon uh, en Champagne approached us when they heard about what we were doing here. So, um, University of Adelaide, I think, arguably has had the longest running business incubator in Australia. We set ours up initially in the 1990s uh, there, which probably predates most other. Uh, incubators around the, around the place I wasn't involved then uh, <laughs> but um, but um, so uh, but in the town of Chalon um, en Champagne uh, they were interested in what we were doing because they had a, a problem both from a social point of view and an economic point of view that there was a, a military regiment uh, that was set up going way back probably in around about uh, Napoleon's time and um, the uh, I think uh, the government decided to uh, disinvest in that and to um, uh, move the regiment uh, uh, to uh, other places and, and they lost uh, a number of jobs there uh, over 1500 jobs and mm-hmm. so their focus uh, the town but also the region the agglomeration of, uh, of towns around uh, the place in, in the Champagne region they're trying to rebuild um, uh, their, their society uh, there, as well as and, and as part of that, generating economic, um, you know, um, economic development there as well. So, so what we're doing there, we've set up a think lab uh, in the town, working in partnership with uh, with the town, working with the mayor, key people in the economic development area, the president of the agglomeration of, of um, towns in the Champagne region, and it's about uh, attracting, uh, using our expertise there to run the incubator, uh, attracting. 
South Australian businesses uh, to go there um, to help them set up. We have a great mentoring program, a concierge uh, service that we can provide to South Australian businesses, but as well as that to attract French businesses there as well. Uh, and, and of course, we want to actually leverage off that and attract French businesses back here to South Australia to as well to um, coexist here, um, uh, to co-locate and, and work with local businesses here in South Australia. So a sharing of knowledge here and also a sharing of knowledge there because, you know, there, as, as you're probably aware in the Champagne region, it's very much Champagne-oriented. Mm-hmm. Uh, in South Australia, we have a strong wine uh, mm-hmm. focus here and some people may say never the two shall meet, but <laughs> but there's uh, Champagne region's got some great, and we talked about family business, some, some great champagne houses there, some well-known, some not so well-known, but uh, generations old, run by family, set up uh, generations ago. And so they've got an incredible depth of understanding of, of their business there. And, you know, so, some people may say that, great if you can build upon that and harness that with some new ideas uh, there and so maybe looking setting up in another country another region there you can get some different ideas and a new way of doing business there and for the same reason here in South Australia taking some of our winemakers from here perhaps and introducing them to some of the the, the champagne houses uh, mm-hmm. over there and other I mean there's the Burgundy uh, and there's, there's other regions in France as well, but we have a, a strong presence in the Champagne region. So it is, there is a co-sharing mm. uh, of knowledge uh, there. I think that's uh, that's in, that does go on. Uh, yeah, we, we, we've covered off a little bit of this already, but to perhaps um, I guess bring it together and simplify it a bit. How how does a incubator actually work? Um, so. There's there's basically a number of different levels of an incubator uh, that uh, different people embrace, different models. So um, if you like uh, um, incubator 1.0, you would go in and you would basically rent some space. Mm-hmm. Uh, from them, uh, and that would be all that you'd receive. It's uh, kind of like a co-working type of situation, yeah, not much more. That's exactly yeah. right. Uh, at, at another level, um, uh, at say level two point zero, uh, you have the space, uh, and uh, you'd get some mentoring uh, in there as well. Uh, so by experienced entrepreneurs, investors, and the like. Uh, at a third level, um, you would uh, also, uh, in addition to the other two levels, you would um, the there'd be a range of um, um, entrepreneurial-related courses for you to do, whether it's about uh, thinking in an entrepreneurial way, how to identify uh, opportunities, how to build entrepreneurial teams, uh, down to even, you know, um, uh, once my business gets up and going, uh, the sorts of of things I need to do uh, to, to make my business grow. Accounting information, what sort of accounting software do I need, or what sort of company structure? So there's that that sort of thing mm. as well, and then but uh, and then what we've done is we've actually taken it up another notch to what I call entrepreneurship 4.0 here, where we actually have an international presence. So any of the tenants in any of our incubators now, but they have all the other. They have the physical space, the mentoring, the uh, entrepreneurial educational support, but we also give them um, an international perspective. Mm. So so if entrepreneurs in Adelaide want to co-locate, uh, want, want to enter the European market or the Asian market, they could uh, go to Singapore in our, in our incubator there, Think Lab Singapore, and actually we'll provide support for them to actually help them into the Singapore market and or get into, into Asia. Um, if um, um, 
Adelaide businesses want to go into Europe, we can help them launch from uh, from France. Uh, but similarly, we can take French businesses and help them locate uh, co-locate in Singapore, and 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 Singapore businesses co-locate in uh, in France. And so, and we have a rollout strategy. We're looking at other locations now as well, where we're setting up uh, globally to provide more options and to generate export sales for um, South Australia. That's yeah. huge because for. Uh a business looking to grow internationally without the infrastructure and networking and um and an idea about the local market. It's, yeah. it's almost impossible to just drop into a, into a new exactly. city. Exactly. Just getting your visa right. Mm. So in France, uh, uh, ha- having someone who knows how to get you a, the right sort of visa, how to set up a company there, it can take uh, four to six weeks if you don't know what you're doing there. So we have all this, uh, um, the right sorts of people there who provide that sort of support, who can make it happen very, very quickly because we work not only with the, the town uh, but part of the town, the Chamber of Commerce there, uh, government officials are uh, all involved there. And plus in France, we have Australian um, uh, mentors uh, as well as local mentors. We have an Australian uh, incubator manager who works in conjunction with a, a French incubator manager there too. So there's a consistency. We do that face-to-face and we also have online support uh, as well. Same thing happens in Singapore. So and, and I mentioned a concierge service. So if you are looking there to physically locate there, you know, you may say, well, where am I going to live? We can, we, can actually, um, we can actually help you find accommodation. If you had children. What am I going to do for schooling with my children? Um, uh, we can actually identify a range of places that we can send your kids. So whatever you need, we can provide that sort of service for you. I guess to, to bring this interview to a close, my, my final question is where does Adelaide sit um, in the global entrepreneurship landscape? I mean, some people have said that um, we got it too easy in Adelaide and Australia from a um, lifestyle perspective, which um, doesn't necessarily make entrepreneurship conducive. Wh- where do you think, based on what you understand of the, the global climate? Mm. Um, so uh, at University of Adelaide, one of the th- key things that we've focused on doing is integrating the academic uh, with the non-academic aspects of entrepreneurship. So the academic being the sorts of things you'd expect to find in a university, mm-hmm. uh, entrepreneurship courses, uh, programs. So uh, in the, in the uh, entrepreneurship uh, centre here, there's course, uh, degree programs in innovation and entrepreneurship, both bachelor and master's and PhD. Uh, as well as systems and um, uh, project management and the like. And then also the team here, uh, the academic team, have got a strong focus on research. So we do um, uh, and publish in, in top quality journals there. So, But they're the sorts of things you'd expect to find. Um, and But we've also managed to then integrate the applied side of things here, our, um, um, our training courses, our innovation hub and the like. And uh, in other universities, um, often, these two areas, the academic is kept separate from the non-academic mm. but uh, by bringing these two areas together, we've developed up a very holistic approach to entrepreneurship and that has made us quite strong um, the centre here uh, at, in Adelaide is um, uh, arguably the largest uh, certainly um, uh, in Australasia uh, there, possibly the southern hemisphere uh, in terms of number of students that we have, the number of um, facilities 
facilities that um, we have, a number of staff dedicated to this area. And um, but we've still got a you know we've got a long way to go. Uh, but we uh, we're I think we're certainly up there in terms of best practice. We're continually reviewing what we do to make sure that we um, uh, we remain relevant to the community and that the programs that we offer uh, are relevant and best practice uh, as well. Professor Noel Lindsay, thanks so much for uh, joining us on our podcast, and um, we look forward to to having you back to um, dig a little bit deeper into some of these topics. Thanks. It's a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to our interview with Professor Noel Lindsay. For information about the University of Adelaide's work in entrepreneurship, visit the link in this episode description. Ahead of the Game brings you real business stories that will inspire and help you grow. Please subscribe to our show and to find out more, visit kmtpartners.com.au. At our website, you can also find out more about KMT's accounting and wealth advisory services, which support individuals, their family and their businesses with accounting, business, management, growth, compliance and advisory services. Get in touch at kmtpartners.com.au.